Welcome to The Bittersweet Life, a show that's dedicated to the expat in all of us. Whether you're currently living abroad or you once did live abroad, even if you just dream of travel and adventure, this is a show for you. And if you're new to the show, I encourage you to go all the way back to episode one, back to the beginning. Being an expat, being a traveler is so much about beginnings and endings. So join us for the entire journey. Be sure to tell your friends, spread the word. And now, onto the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And uh, it's sad to say, getting down to the wire for me. It's, uh, what, by my husband's calculations, I have about 40 hours left of my time in Rome. We're leaving at 8 a.m. Let's see, a day and a half from now, something like that. 8 a.m. That's too tragic. I don't want to think about it. You have to start thinking about it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to think about it in, until until you're gone. Uh, no. I had, <laughs> I'm just not going to think about it. How do you imagine that to be that morning when you, 11 a.m. on uh, Thursday morning, you'll you'll know that I'm gone. I'll just I'll just throw myself into my work. What can I say? <laughs> oh, so I've been packing all day, uh, doing a little cleaning, though I still have a little bit left to do. A lot of getting rid of things. Which has been kind of nice. It's amazing, by the way, how much paper you accumulate in a year, even if you know you're moving on and you're going to throw it all away. I don't know how it happens, but... Just bills or documents? like what Bills, cards, stuff we've drawn, things we've written, lists, just stuff like that. And then other weird little things like, you know how they have the Kinder Eggs here, which is like a hollow chocolate egg that has a toy inside? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a novelty for us early in our time here. So we kept buying them to see what's inside the Kinder Egg. And so we had all these little toys from inside the Kinder Eggs, which, of course, I'm not going to pack a mini bell, you know, (laughs) from Walt Disney and bring it home or a bunch of little tops. So in that regard, I should have been better about not collecting wasteful things that I'm just throwing into the landfill. I have a pretty clear memory of when I was moving away from Montreal, which is where I lived for about two and a half years. I, I went to graduate school in Montreal, and I'll never forget the not that anything particularly unusual happened, but I just I just have a very strong feel, memory of the moment that I turned around to look at the apartment for the last time, and I wasn't even very happy in Montreal, to be honest with you. Not that I didn't like the city, but just for a number of circumstances. It wasn't the best time of my life when I was there. And I should have been happy to to be leaving. And in a way, I was. I was going back to Boston, where I had a boyfriend at the time. And and I just had this sense of nostalgia and sadness, thinking, I'm never going to see this place again. And it wasn't that I ever missed the place or missed living there, but I think it's this sense of, finality that we're never is like so final even if let's say who knows you could move back to Rome you know but you'll never live on this street two blocks away from me again I'll never be like I'll stop by after work we can record a podcast you know sort of thing <laughs> uh in in this way and you know you'll never be in this particular apartment again and I don't know I think that that can make you sad even if you're going on to something even 
better or whatever, you know? That's so true. I, there's even a small amount of that when you leave a hotel room where you had a particularly good evening. <laughs> I had a really good evening. <laughs> well, you know, you know how it is, though. We went to Florence for just two days and you had a wonderful time and... You have to do that check over the hotel room anyway to make sure you didn't forget anything before you shut it and you <laughs> give the keys away. Uh, so you have that same sort of looking carefully over the room. But I don't think you're trying to memorize the details as much as you are when you know you're never going to set foot in a place again. But it has a little bit of that oh, same quality. A little bit. And then I think that when you are in a, a relationship, especially, I mean, obviously I have no sense of reference since I've only been married for three years. But I feel like especially like at the beginning of a relationship or at the beginning of a marriage, you know, the things that you do, they don't feel necessarily extra special at the time. But, you know, because of, you know, we've all seen movies in which people do this, that like 20, 30 years down the line, they're like, oh, do you remember when we lived in that tiny studio apartment in New York City when we were just married? Or, you know, do you remember when we were so poor and we were living in Malta or whatever, whatever the situation was? And, you know, for you guys, it's going to be, do you remember that year, the second year we were married, we were living in that crazy studio apartment on that incredibly loud street in Rome, two blocks down from Tiffany? Like, it's going to be something that you always think about and always, I mean, not always, but often talk about and, and reminisce about. So naturally, you know, it's it's hard to leave that place when you know that this is the last time. Well, uh, that's so interesting because it was actually something I was just writing about the other day, this exact thing, that part of what is striking me is so very much tragic about uh, the fact that I'm leaving is that once you leave, it starts becoming just a memory. Yeah. And I hate that idea right now because... I mean, just for that reason, it means the time is over and it's going to start to fade away. Some day, years from now, it's going to seem like it happened so long ago. Now, that's not happening now. It's happening 10 years ago, 20 years ago or whatever. It's going to just be this memory of vague thoughts instead of this very bright reality, which is what I'm living right now. And that makes me sort of sad very sad actually yeah it is sad it is i mean that's but that's sad sad about life that's one of the sad difficult things about life but luckily you have this podcast you can listen to it anytime <laughs> that's true and uh and also at least i said yes to the opportunity to come so that i have the memory even if it is just fading away at least it's there fading away yeah. where if i had made another choice and had played it a little bit more safe it wouldn't have been a memory at all it would have been a memory of a choice we didn't make which wouldn't have stood out probably hardly at all yeah I think it's a great case for for taking a risk for for doing something that maybe doesn't feel like the best career move or the smartest thing to do or the most responsible thing to do but just being like this is an incredible opportunity for an experience a once-in-a-lifetime experience and that's the most important thing in life or experiences I think We'll see, though, if I can't get a job on the other side. And but I, you know, you will survive. You will. <laughs> everything will work out. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm a hopeless optimist. So there are people out there who are like, no, maybe it won't work out. I truly believe that everything does. A, everything does work out. And B, everything works out exactly as it's supposed to. So, I'm so if I end up sleeping on my sister's couch for the next four years, that'll be what should have happened. That's not what's going to happen. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not worried about that per se. <laughs> But it, hey, you know, at least I have a, a sister with a couch. Hey, exactly, which is a lot more than a lot of people have. So, so I'm grateful. Yeah, <laughs> but it is strange to think that in a short 40 hours from now, it'll be a memory and that 
you and I will once again be in radically different time zones. Yeah, but our relationship, I, th- I don't think will ever be what it was. And not that it wasn't great before. I mean, we've always been close. And every time I've seen you since I left Seattle in 1995, we've always been very close. And of course, four or five years ago, I asked you to be my bridesmaid. And so clearly, we've and always, I said yes. <laughs> and clearly we've always been close, but something has changed over this year. And I think our relationship has definitely gotten much more intimate. Like we know each other way better than, than we did before, than we did a year ago, I think. I think so too. And also there is something, I mean, a podcast is conversational. We're hanging out talking, which is what we always do anyway, but it is also creative. And so it's the first time we've taken on a creative venture together, you know, and that's been very interesting. Hopefully not the last. Truly. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, you've been an excellent partner. I I mean, I just suggested to Tiffany once over coffee that, or tea, I guess, because you don't drink coffee, uh, that this might be something to do and something that I'm very much wanted to do. And she was game. And a lot of people wouldn't have been game. (laughs) I'm always up for a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Put yourself out there. Let the world listen to you. And judge you. No. (laughs) And judge, which I'm sure they're doing now, judging away. So, but another thing that I was thinking about that I'm going to miss, because that's the big thing you're going to miss. I'm Obviously, I'm going to miss you a lot. <laughs> you're probably going to be the thing I remember the most. I'm also going to really just be missing living in a city that has so much rich history and so many artifacts that you can discover that lead you down a path of learning just almost accidentally. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to learn about every city you're in if you really start looking at the history. But here, you just can't help but run into stuff that makes you curious and start to investigate and so I'm going to miss those kind of twist and turny paths that happen unexpectedly as far as my learning has been concerned and that's been really awesome actually I know is one of the reasons why you like it here so much yeah definitely but on a less grandiose level I'm also going to miss all the local color do you know what I mean by local color I don't know exactly what you mean (laughs) I mean like these people that are sort of the ones that are around the neighborhood. You see them all the time. Sometimes they're strange enough to stand out. There's a reason why you notice them. I think the term local color comes from them being a little odd, you know? Mm-hmm. That guy that you always pass, who you know nothing about, but you certainly know his habit patterns. And there's a lot of local color in this neighborhood that we live in, Trastevere, and a lot of people that I've gotten to, I've gotten very used to their routines, and their routines are part of my routine. And there's a part of me that's going to regret not seeing them anymore let me give you a few examples i should end this podcast and i will playing the kid that plays the accordion because i love this kid and he is a maybe i'm guessing 10 to 12 years old and i have this whole backstory for him (laughs) (laughs) he's wanting to earn money or he's wanting to do something or he really wanted accordion lessons and his dad got them for him. And then he's like, get out on the street. Use those skills. You, if you're going to practice, go practice in front of people or something like that. And uh, maybe it wasn't so severe. Maybe the kid's like, I want to go out in the, in the middle of the night and go play accordion for people. And his parents were like, go, we support you. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I want to play on the metro. That's my dream. I, I want to play the metro. That'll be so awesome. Anyway, so this kid shows up and he just showed up like two months ago. I love his style because... We've talked in a in the sound podcast about people who are these professionals. They play the same tune every single time. They move around the city playing exactly the same song, right? This kid is not 
polished and he's not a professional he does play the same song every time <laughs> but um he he's still doing the nervous kind of ticks you know where he'll stop playing in the middle of his tune and he'll adjust the accordion straps that are slipping down or a guy walking three dogs goes behind him he'll turn all the way around away from the crowd that he's playing for and like watch these dogs go by you know he's very distractible and he has a little tiny mohawk in the front and so sometimes when he's nervous he'll kind of lift his hand off the keys and fix his hair really quick and I don't know I, I every time he plays he plays below my window a lot because of the pizza place every night when he plays I jump up off of the couch or from whatever I'm doing writing in, in, on the computer and I run to the window and I watch him so I've seen his performances I don't even know how many times I just love this kid and he I know he knows that I watch him from time to time because occasionally he'll look up and he did catch me recording him the other night and oh. I don't know what he thought about that but hey I'm two stories above him so what What's can he, he do, do? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just an example of I just have come to love the that he comes by every single night and the same goes for Mago Mago who Derek doesn't like do you want to explain who Mago Mago is <laughs> Well, I would just like to know if it's the uh, the real Mago Mago. It's not. It can't it's be. It's the fake one. I don't think he's fake. Well, this is the thing. What's real? What's fake? Mago Mago. Okay, the real one is the original guy who invented the routine. And then there's this guy who co who totally copied his shtick. And I haven't seen the original Mago Mago in a while. So Mago Mago, the original guy, he's probably from Bangladesh, if I had to guess. And he's middle-aged, maybe 50. And he does this deadpan comedy magic show and it's i mean it's crap magic it's all these little magic tricks that are you know from a store but he, the, but what makes it funny is that he is the way he talks he always says this guarda guarda which means look at this look at this guarda and then he he like points to what he's doing and he says guarda questa carota which means look at this carrot but it's the accent is it's carota <laughs> and he says carota carota but he does it on purpose you know and he's total deadpan he's not smiling and at the end he does something and like he lifts up his hat and like he's got a toupee and he's been wearing a toupee the whole time so that's like the big finale and i mean this guy used to attract massive crowds of like hundreds of hundreds of people because he was just so funny they call him mago mago which means magician magician and all of a sudden i saw after you know years and years of seeing him in this neighborhood this other guy who looks mildly similar like he might be from Bangladesh but he doesn't really look like he's Bangladeshi like if I I wouldn't I wouldn't even know where he's from he's similar enough and he's much younger he's probably 30 and he does the same shtick okay unless you're his son and he's like giving you permission to steal his shtick I don't like it I don't think it's fair but who knows maybe this is son and he has given he him permission look, no he doesn't look enough like him he doesn't look he doesn't look of the same race. I've seen another Maga Maga over by Piazza Navona. Is he older? Is he older? Yes. Well that's probably the original guy. Hmm. Well, we have the not original guy. Yeah, I don't And like I the love not. it because we're two stories up so we get to watch his all his tricks from above. And you don't have to pay. Well, and <laughs> we don't ha and we can kind of figure out exactly how they're done because <laughs> we have the aerial view, so there's no mystery he comes by every night also and does exactly the same things to a point where I can recite along with him when he's doing it but the most wonderful thing about getting to know him and watching him is that just happened yesterday and I was walking through a piazza and he was performing for a bunch of people who were sitting in the shade 
And it was a big crowd, and he never gets any attention, you know. He'll be performing at the pizza place, and nobody's paying any attention to him. And he had this big crowd that was kind of a captive crowd because they were all sitting there anyway. But he did one of these tricks where he creates a rose out of nothing, which, of course, is done by props. And the whole crowd went, oh! (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, that must be an amazing moment for him. I actually finally have a reaction from the crowd. (laughs) I could just see the glee in his eyes light up. Because, you know, you don't become a magician, even if you're not a very good one, because you want to bore people to death. You do it because you want to excite people or make money or both yeah but it was so fun to watch like him actually get a real response (laughs) he's another example of my local color now do you get uh, this is what i get a lot and this is one of the reasons i love tristevity is you get to know the people the shopkeepers mainly who work in your neighborhood and they're always kind of hanging out outside yes at the door of their shop or whatever and what I love about living in Trastevere is you walk down the street and you say hello to about five or six people that you don't know outside of your working client-customer relationship, but yet you say hello and you chat with people. I really, that's one of the things I, I, I really like about this neighborhood. It feels like it's a small town. Yeah, that's, I would agree with that. I live across the street from a tobacco shop and I live on a, on a block where there are two cashmere shops for some reason, which I figured out halfway through the year are owned by the same guy. Because he's always walking back and forth, back Mm -hmm. and forth. But yeah, it is all these people that you see all the time. And then, of course, the guys that run the pizza place downstairs, it's the same servers every single day. And they yell back and forth to each other. Although I've only figured out what one of their names are. Mm -hmm. Because apparently they scream at him all the time. (laughs) And that's Maximo. (laughs) Massimo. Massimo. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so he gets yelled at all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the guys, the two guys that run the tobacco shop across the street, which are both really great guys. But one of them is super loud, like really loud. And he's up first thing in the morning in the streets being like, hey, you know, yelling <laughs> at everybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You sort of get to know everyone's rhythm and even the sounds of, of what different doors sound like when they open and swing shut and those kind of things. I don't know. There's something about the way it echoes and how noisy my particular block is, is I feel like I really live in this rhythm with these other people, none of which know who I am. (laughs) Well, what about, as far as missing things, what about like, not just people, but ways of life? Do you think, I mean, I'm sure you will have some reverse culture shock when you move back to the States. What rituals and or just, you know, parts of the Italian lifestyle do you think you're going to miss when you move back to the States? Hmm. Well, I really like the sort of quieter afternoon that the, a lot of them hold to. We talked a little bit that, about that in the layabout lay episode about how lazy I was getting. But I really do like that when you hit that moment around one thirty or 2 when you're really, really tired, <laughs> that it's okay for you to take a break. I mean, you work all day, so maybe it's not okay for you. But, but a lot of, at least on my block, everybody sort of takes a break at that period and it gets a lot quieter. Yeah, and the shops close. And even if... I don't know if you noticed, but when it's really, really hot out, when it's a particularly hot day, the streets are empty around 2 or 3 o'clock. People just hardly go out. I mean, when you get into the middle of August, then it's worse. But other times of the year, as long as it's hot out, people are not walking around, especially in our neighborhood. And that's good. In my neighborhood back home in the United States, you'll see people jogging in the heat of the day. And that's just not right. It never gets as hot there as it does here. Sorry. It does sometimes. Yeah, one, one week. <laughs> if it, in Rome, it can be like two months of you want to die weather. That's 
That's true. That's true. Let's see. What else do I really, really, really Sounds like? Sounds like nothing. <laughs> no, no, there is. There is. I mean, I'm not super a part of the Roman life, though. Picked um, up certain traits, but I've also kept a lot of very American yeah. things going on. I can tell you one of the things, not to say that I'm I'm not embracing more about the Roman lifestyle, but one of the things that I was <laughs> thinking about yesterday that's going to be a little bit of the reverse culture shock you were talking about was, you know how when you go to restaurants here, you have to buy the water? Yes. And there's no such thing as ice. <laughs> well, well, there is, but there it's is, rare. But it's, it's pretty rare. It's certainly not going to be in your water. No, absolutely not. They're only going to put it in something as an excuse to give you less like, they'll put it in a glass of Coke so that they can give you less Coke. But not water, no. Yeah, so I was remembering what it's going to be like in the States when you get free water. But then I was thinking, you don't even get just free water. You get more water than you could possibly drink. Every single time the waitress comes back around at a diner, she gives you more water. When, yeah, when you're like, please, I don't need any more. Like, please, God, no more water. <laughs> I bet you anything, and you have to tell me later. You're going to get to the States and you're going to go out for a meal and you're going to get a glass of water and you're going to, one of those glasses full of ice chips and, or little ice cubes that they have in the States. And you're going to take it, put it to your lips. Oh my God, this is so cold. <laughs> and you're not going to be able to handle the ice water. I cannot drink ice water. I mean, if there's four ice cubes bobbing around, okay. But like the stuff that you get at a big restaurant where they're carrying around these buckets practically of water with like like so much ice in it that you can barely get any water out of it you can't take it it's so cold and so now when i go to the states i ask for water without ice and they look at me like i'm crazy yeah because you are i would never order water without just, ice but i might just wait just wait until you have ice that like makes your teeth fall off because it's so cold because <laughs> you're not used to it anymore well and being the environmentalist that i am i'm always trying to actually consume the water that they give me because i don't want to leave a bunch of like cups of full water on the table so if they keep filling it you're just eventually it's like it's up to your eyeballs yeah. <laughs> no i mean that's kind of silly though i mean think how much water they, they they waste washing the dishes the last thing you need to worry about is the water in your cup i know i know <laughs> what could it be like a pint you might waste a pint of water <laughs> i might i could be using that to hydrate or to water a plant i don't know <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. I wager that you're going to miss some things and you're not even going to realize now. Not that you're necessarily going to miss, but it's going to throw you. Like, you're going to get back to the States and you're going to order a cappuccino and they're going to bring you this cup, this styrofoam or paper cup that's as tall as you and it's going to be so hot that it's not going to have any taste. And yeah. you're going to say, what is this? This isn't a cappuccino. And then you're going to be like, oh my God, I've become Italian. In nine months, I became Italian. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, ciao, ciao. Did I say that in the <laughs> earlier podcast? That's yeah. my one of my biggest fears. That I'm going to, people will say good morning and I'll be like, ciao. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, but yes, I already said that, so I'm not going to say that again. Which I just did, so I just did say it again. Sorry. Yeah, I think that you'll you'll be surprised at how many things seem odd to you. The big coffee, the too, coffee too hot, water too cold. The food, I would, would guess, I don't know. But I bet you if you go to Italian food or to have pizza, it's not going to be... You, you've been spoiled now. You've been spoiled by Italian pizza and Italian pasta, and it's not going to be as good when you go back. I don't even think I'm going to have it when I go back. Ever? Because I know, well, ever. Of course I'll have it at some point. But I'm not looking to have it when I get back. Yeah. Just because I know it's exactly that. It's just not going to be as good. Because it never has been as good. No. So 
one thing that I think is going to change is that I wasn't a big mu museum goer before I came here. But here, there's just so much to see that you just end up going to museums and you were getting free tickets with your office and inviting me to go. So we were going all the time. That's something I've actually come to love having in my life is going to museums and galleries and seeing all these things. So I'm hoping that when I get home, I still make an effort to go out and go to different museums. Whenever I'm in a new town, I actually consider going to a museum instead of just sitting around walking the streets. No, the museum is the best part of the trip. For me, for my husband and I, who are huge art nerds, when we went to the National Gallery, like we got, it was like serious business. We, okay, we're not going to be able to see everything. Okay, so we get the map and we sit down and each of us picks like our top five things we want to see. We discuss, we make a plan. Okay, this is what we're going to do. The highlight of the trip. That's so nerdy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it is. It is. No, I love that. And I actually have... I don't know. The, uh, the addition of museums to my life has been really wonderful. So I have you to thank for that, but I also have Rome to thank for that, for having so many amazing things to see. And you didn't, yeah, you didn't even see probably a fifth of it. I, I tried mean, my damnedest. No, I'm not trying to say, make you feel bad. I'm trying to make you just, it, that's, that's Rome. I mean, I have been here 10 years and I've probably seen half of what there is to see, if that. Maybe more, but definitely haven't seen everything in 10 years. So imagine. They say you can't see everything in Rome, even with a lifetime. But you're, you're trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to. I've been in so many churches. I should have started counting. Yeah, you should have. I did. I started to count when I first moved here, and then I oh, gave up. There's like 900, so. Mm -hmm, something like that. Do you think that when, I, when I'm no longer an expat, that uh, I'm going to be a less interesting human being? No, because... You have to say no because you're a friend of mine. <laughs> no, no, really. I think you're more interesting having been here, obviously. But I think that to all your friends back home, they weren't here with you. And less interesting to whom? I mean, the only people here in Rome besides me and, you know, your closest other friends that you may. I mean, who was, who was like there to notice that you were more or less interesting because you were an expat? Well, okay, I guess your family did come to visit. Back in the States, when you see all your friends, you're going to have all these great stories to tell. So you're going to be more interesting and you're going to have more people to share them with. I kind of dread that. I dread the going back and answering the how was it question. I know. It's hard. Because what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, it was great. Hung out with Tiffany, did a podcast, just saw a lot of stuff. Just tell them to listen to the podcast. Just be like thebittersweetlife.net. Really? You'll get all the answers there. <laughs> But the reality of it is so much bigger than that. Of course. You know, I made a list of all the ways I think I've changed and evolved over this last year. Or the things that are the reality of this year for me. And it's such a big story compared to, it was great. You know, I saw a lot of galleries, really got to know Rome, bonded with Tiffany. I mean, it was so much deeper than that. But I don't know. I've been told I'm not a person who goes really deep a lot of the time. I mean, I have oh, with you, that's obviously. Kind of like, a, like, not a very nice thing to say. Who said that to you? <laughs> maybe I'm just not in touch with my emotions all the time. Because how, how do you feel keep, about? Or something? maybe you just keep things to yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. And I do keep a lot of it to myself, I suppose, except for the fact that I put everything on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know. I felt I felt the same way after I came back from India. I felt like India was kind of like a life changing experience, even though it was only six weeks. And you can't explain why. It's Unless somebody lived it with you, the only person who's really going to get it is Derek and yourself. And you. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, should we leave it there? I suppose so. We're amping up to the last 
episode. The one we really don't want to do. I have no comment. I don't know what to say. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Neither are do we I. Just, <laughs> are we just going to sob? I don't, I don't want to think about it. I'm still in denial. I still, you know. All right. Well, let me tell you, you listening, this is our current plan is that tomorrow we're going to record podcasts two days in a row. Tomorrow is the last time we're going to hang out. We're going to go out for dinner. Not the last time ever. Well, no, but before I fly home, we're going to go out for dinner and then we're going to come back to my apartment after dinner. So it's right before we have to say goodbye for good until I come back to Rome someday. And we're going to record a podcast. So that's what you have to look forward to next week. I don't know. Or dread, whichever you prefer. I'm going to be dreading it, so. I'm also going to be dreading it. But until then, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks. And I'm Katie Sewell. Talk to you at the very end. Goodbye. Visit the donate page on our website, thebittersweetlife.net. All donations are reserved exclusively for the creation of audio content. Your financial support keeps us strong. Thank you.